Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. And we're happy to welcome you to Second Half Now. This is a radio show for boomers and beyonders. The way that math works out, it's uh, everybody 50 and older as of now. Because the boomer generation are those that are born between 1946 and 1964. And I believe everyone in the studio here belongs in that group. Is that right? (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay. We're going to introduce our guest in a moment. But I want to say that uh, we had uh, sort of a strategic planning session uh, recently for Second Half Now. The larger collaborative goes way beyond the... uh, the radio show, but we are working with a mission statement or a statement of purpose. And it, right now, so far, it goes like this. Our goal is to empower boomers and beyonders to live out their unique purpose and passion in order to make their world a better place. Denise is smiling because she was there in that meeting and we're working on this because we really want to be very articulate and very clear about why we do this. And so the main reason is all that we say and do on this radio show and beyond is essentially for that purpose, to help boomers and beyonders get a handle on this age and stage of life so that they can uh, find their calling and find their sense of purpose and uh, step up maybe even higher than what you've been. And you, if you haven't gotten involved in things or not plugged in, not not uh, serving in some kind of a way, we want to encourage you to consider those things. And in fact, uh, our guest in studio today is going to help us with something that is just totally amazing to me. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our lovely and talented co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. Good to see you again, Denise. Thanks, Dan, and I'm really happy to welcome our guest today. And I am smiling because as you read back that vision statement or mission statement that we were working on yesterday, it just feels good. Yeah. It feels good because it does. It reflects what we're trying to do here with this right. with this show. And I'm very excited about what's on store Uh, in store today because it's two of my favorite topics and that is schools and church and that is what we're going to talk about we have a special guest we haven't even mentioned his name yet but we'll get there it's a big mystery that's right (laughs) Uh, but the key is that everybody every christ follower every person that says that uh, they are a bible believing christian whatever terminology you want to use Every stage of life is important that you find why it is that God put you here and what it is that uh, he has done to shape you up to this point. All of your experiences, your career, your jobs, your ups and downs, your wins, your losses, and all of that, now is the time to seize all of that and to say, okay, God, here I am at 50 or 60 or 70, whatever my age is, what can I do now to serve you and your people? So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to say, do, do we have a good word for today, Denise? Well, you know, Dan, we have lots of good words for today. Okay. There's a well, lot of them, and they're things like community and being salt and light and seeking the health of the city and meeting the needs of our children mm-hmm. and collaboration, the partnership, lots of words that are relevant not only to what our topic is today, but what it really is at the heart of a powerful movement that's afoot that our guest is going to be 
illustrating through stories and through um, just some descriptions of a, of a fantastic organization right. that he's part of. And things that are actually taking place and going on right, right now. Right here in Portland. What I'm saying is, uh, as a pastor for many, many years, oftentimes we in the church, we'd say, gosh, how could we reach out into the community? How could we uh, touch base and connect with the families that are right around our church here? And that's what we're really going to talk about. And I'm going to start by saying this. A few weeks ago, I attended a, a session, I guess I would call it, of the School Partnership Network. And this particular one was Portland Public Schools uh, and pastors in those uh, school areas around in, in the Portland Public School District. And I was absolutely amazed, and our guest here was sort of facilitating that and is the, uh, the leader of that group. His, his name is still a mystery. We haven't even introduced you yet, Larry, <laughs> but we'll get there. But um, I sat at the table. There were 100 and, what, 165 people there, I think was the report. And here are pastors and principals sitting at round tables in this conference area, leaning in toward each other and pastors and principals saying, how can we work together to serve our families in our unique neighborhood and in our community? And as I watched the, the principal of Madison uh, High School lean into the other pastors that were there, and, and there were other principals at that, my one table of many, and just to watch what was going on, I thought something Something is happening here. So the uh, title of today's show is this, Public Schools and Local Churches, The Unlikely Partnership. And we now will introduce our special guest in studio. His name is Larry Whittlesey, and he is the Executive Director of the School Partnership Network. Larry, I want to thank you a lot for everything that you're doing that we're going to hear about, and thank you for taking the time to be with us here at Second Half Now. Well, thank you so much. It's, it's certainly my privilege to be here, and I'm excited to uh, be able to share with your audience what uh, God is doing in the Portland area, and some of us get the opportunity to be hands and feet for that movement. Absolutely, and I, I hear incrementally, uh, because we attend the same uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce meetings, and every time there's a report about something else amazing that is happening with this school partnership network. So uh, let's, uh, let's get right into it, shall we? And we're going to learn more about, and we're going to start really at the beginning. Well, it, it really is um, exciting to, to tell this story. And what the two of you don't know is I used to be a member of what at the time was called Lake Chapel. And Pastor Kip Jacobs headed up that church. And then ultimately that became a church that's now quite large and very involved in the community called South Lake ah, Foursquare. Okay. Right. And so it's been really fun to watch as this church congregation has grown to where they are now actively coming around Roosevelt High School and the students there in such a Christ-like way that it is one of those wonderful lights on the hill. It's one of those opportunities to glorify God. But I just want to leave it at that and ask Larry if he would share the story of South Lake, High, South Lake 
and Roosevelt High School. Sure. Uh, the, the Palau Association has always been headquartered in Portland because Luis Palau married a girl from Portland. And so despite the fact that he travels all over the world, this has always been their headquarters. So three times here in the city of Portland, he ran what they called City Fest, citywide festivals right. down at Riverfront Park. Mm-hmm. The last time they did that was in 2008. And because it was the third time that they had done it, they decided they wanted to do something different that year. So they organized a thing that they called Season of Service, which has since been named, since been called uh, City Serve. And during that summer, during that season of May to October, they had the churches organized and they went around and they did about 4,500 different service projects. It made a tremendous impact on the city. Well, one of those projects was the project adopted by South Lake Foursquare. They were, at this time, a fairly large church, as she mentioned, and, and, and uh, they wanted a challenge. And so they asked, what was the most needy school in the entire city of Portland? And it just so happened to be that that was Roosevelt High School, who at one time had been a very prominent high school in town, but at this time in 2008... The building had deteriorated and, and was in very bad repair. The, the student population had dropped to about 500. The morale of both the students and the, the staff at the school was very, very low. The community surrounding the school had been impacted by a bunch of gangs that had moved up mm. from the, the Southern California area. Right. And so if you could send your kid anywhere else besides Roosevelt High School, you did. That's right. Which means that the only ones left at Roosevelt High School mm. were those who had no choice. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of motivation to even go to class. And so they decided they would come what they thought was going to be a one-day school cleanup just to fix the building up some in the grounds. They were in just terrible shape. But that day, Kip, the pastor of the church, looked around at the 1,500 people that had showed up from his church and from the surrounding community and said, this would be a shame to come here for one day and leave. Mm -hmm. So they made a decision literally on site they were going to stay. And stay they did. And over the next three and a half, four years, they developed such a relationship and partnership with that school, they actually ended up having full-time employees, three of them, working at the school, running a clothes closet and tutoring kids and helping the teachers and doing all sorts of things. And they and they, they created some partnerships with some other community organizations, and the school began to be transformed. Nike came in and helped them put a brand new football field in. The morale went up. The graduation rates went up about 20%. The attendance went up about 300 kids. And now they're building a brand new high school. The whole and, and the church wasn't the only thing responsible, but the school began to change when Southlake adopted it as their school. And that's kind of what started what has now become the School Partnership Network. Is that not an incredible story, oh, Dan? Uh, well, and it's not like South Lake is right in the neighborhood down the street from the school. No, they're right. 22 miles yeah. away. That's yeah. right. And here's the part about this, too. There's a, uh, and, and Larry, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but my son played football, and my husband was originally from the Lake Oswego area. So we're familiar with the with a family in that area that absolutely loves football and has been involved in it from the perspective of, I think it's um um, uh, fellowship for Christian athletes mm-hmm. and so here is somebody who just so happens to be part of this community who developed professionally along the lines of being a, a football player who ultimately was in the right place at the right time to come alongside Roosevelt High School's struggling football team 
and do exactly what Larry's talking about, boost the morale. So they actually had a team. And I'll tell you, for those of us who were just on the outside watching it, you saw the Lord glorified in what those mm -hmm. folks did in helping the young men who were fathers take care of their children so that they could go to yeah. football practice. Wow. That's the kind of coming around people that excites me and is the result of the big smile that I have on my face today. So there you go. We've got so much more to talk about And don't today. The, uh, the people from the church actually attend the football games and the other sporting events, right? I mean, they're part of the cheering well, squad. Oh, yeah. Right? In I fact, mean, they, that a, they did a film about this relationship yeah. between this church and school called Undivided. It's a great 65-minute documentary. And one of the scenes in the documentary show that, that one of the, the columnists in the Oregonian, that Steve De Dunn, Dean? Steve Dean. Steve Dean. Uh, he said the first time he went to a Roosevelt basketball game, there was 30 people in the stands. Mm, yeah. And then he went to a basketball game after Southlake had adopted them for the girls team, of all things. Yeah. And there were, you know, 1,500 people in the stands. <laughs> And so the Roosevelt folks, the, the friends from Southlake, they come to the football games, they come to the basketball mm -hmm. games, they run summer carnivals all through the summer. They are there for PTA meetings. I mean, they're part of that church. They have adopted that school as their school, and they're putting themselves into it. Wow, that is so amazing because someone took the initiative. You know, someone said, you know, we ought to be doing something. Uh, so now others have looked at that and have said, you know what? Maybe other churches can partner with or adopt other schools. So tell us about how that has grown. The meeting that I went to with Portland Public Schools, I know, was two years in the making to, to get the, the leadership uh, together and so forth. Uh, but by the time that happened, you had done 12 or 13 previous ones in different school districts. Tell us about that growth. Sure. Carol Smith, the superintendent of Portland Public Schools, had, saw firsthand the transformation at Roosevelt High School. Right. So she came to Kevin Palau uh, because the, the, that transformation had all started when Southlake had shown up at Roosevelt. And so she came to Kevin Palau and said, how do I find some partners like that for some of my other schools? Nice. And so Kevin came to me. I uh, had formerly been a, a national event director for Promise Keepers and had networked cities and had always been kind of a community-oriented pastor. And I was in town here, and he said, could you help us create something that could bring churches into partnership with schools? So in March of 2012, we created a thing called the School Partnership Network. And in this network, we have been working very hard to connect the 471 schools in the Portland metro area, greater Portland, Vancouver metro area, with faith communities. And we've done that in a lot of different ways, through newsletters and through, through opportunities to connect people. But one of the things that's been the most productive are these meetings that you're talking about, Dan. Mm -hmm. The first one was held in December of 2012 with the Beaverton School District. And it came out of a meeting that I had in October that year with the superintendent, Jeff Rose. We sat in his office and said, how in the world could we bring the churches in your community together with your, with your schools? And we thought of an idea that says, what if we invited the pastors and the principals to gather together around the table and just make sure they know each other and start building some relationships? What a crazy thought. That'll it, never go anywhere. It, we, we, <laughs> if you would have asked us that day, they had 55 principals yeah. and we were going to invite about 125 pastors. And you said, if we had 40 people show up on that Thursday morning, December 7th, 2012, at 730 in the morning for a non-mandatory meeting for the yeah. principals... Right. We would have said if we had 40 people show up, that would have been a home run. Yeah. 20 pastors and 20 principals, that would have been great. Yeah. But what actually happened that day was that we, for that 90-minute meeting, we had 
52 of his 55 principals show up, and we had about 80 pastors show up. That and we amazing. realized we had stumbled onto something right. that would help create some relationships that we did not know could be created. And so they spent 90 minutes together around tables just like you did, Dan. We've had that exact same format since then. And we have done that now in 13 different districts all around the metro area. I can tell you that every single time it has been the same way. It is an amazing when you get people together who want to serve their community mm -hmm. and you put them around a table together, the energy that is created. Mm. Uh, it was at that first meeting that Jeff Rose, the superintendent of Beaverton School, said something that's kind of become the mantra of what we've done over mm -hmm. the last couple of years. He said, we all know there's this separation of church and state. We all know this law. But the reality is, is both the, our schools and your churches have stayed as far away from that law as they can because nobody wants to break the law. That's right. But the fact is that the kids in my school, he said, my schools go to your churches and the kids in your churches go to my school. That's right. So wouldn't it make more sense to see how close we can get to the line, shake hands across the line and serve these families better together? That's right. And that really has become kind of the mantra of what we're doing. And so we are trying hard to help churches figure out how to do that. Wow. I want to hear more about that. And we have some other uh, questions, other areas we want to get into. And we will be right back. Don't go away. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715.
Hey, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors and our partners. They are the ones that make this show and everything else that we do at Second Half Now possible. And we just heard the spots from Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. We love these people and highly respect how they do business in the community and how they serve people and want to encourage uh, our listeners to give them a call. Others of our sponsors are 24-7 Properties, Dan the Mortgage Man, which is, uh, he represents First Priority Financial, Dream Trips, 180 Cashflow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company. And then our great partners also, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this radio station, as well as Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors. And if you know anybody that would like to uh, participate with us and receive the great, great value and benefit of being a part of this team as a sponsor, uh, go to our website and fill out a contact form or call the phone number that's on that website. So, uh, Larry, before uh, we went to the break, I was going to ask you, you had said that there are in this uh, geographic area that you're focusing on 471 public schools. And um, how many of those schools are now through these 13 districts somehow connected with a church where this actually is taking place? Well, it, it, actually, there's a total of 29 districts. So you can imagine it's kind of like chasing a, a rabbit running down the trail. But at this point, we can document about 300 plus partnerships of one mm-hmm. level or another within the, the 471 schools that are in the, in the general region. And someone asked me, uh, what was our goal? What was our dream? Our dream would be that that one of the 1,200 or so churches that are in the metro area would adopt every single one of these. Every mm-hmm. one of these schools would have a church that says, that's mine. Mm-hmm. I've adopted that. I'm going to be part of that community. I'm going to make a difference in that particular school. Uh, and that's what our goal is, is to get all 471 that have at least one church that mm-hmm. says, that one's mine. And is that... Realistic? Is that something that at this stage you actually believe can happen? Oh, I, I completely believe it's realistic. Okay. I, I really do. Wow. I think that's so powerful because for the children in that school, what that says is I belong to somebody. Mm-hmm. There's somebody yeah. out there who cares about me. And I and I know, know my mom does, my dad does. Maybe there's difficulties there. Maybe they don't even have that sense of things. But sometimes even having mom and dad, when you see struggles that they go through, yeah. knowing that there's a larger net out there, a larger collection of people to whom you belong, that they care about you, that you can lean on, I think that's very important for creating children who are stable. Right. And it seems that this would lower the barriers, lower the distrust, lower the suspicion, uh, you know, between the church and the school or between the faculty and the and the members of the church, the pastors and the principals kind of taking the lead because there has been a big divide. There's been a, you know, we can't go that way. And the churches, they just want to send people over to, you know, share the gospel or proselytize or whatever. But so uh, I know, Larry, there are other models besides, you know, fixing up the grounds and going to the basketball games or football games. Can you tell us some of the other things, uh, what these partnerships uh, mean? What, what, What do churches and schools do together that represent what this is certainly you know there one of the things i get asked most often is what am i supposed to do and and what i often tell them is i can't tell you what to do but i can tell you how to do it 
And we're all about building relationships, much like you said, to break down those barriers. So it can't be Principal Smith and Pastor Jones. It's got to be Bob and Joe. It can't be Mrs. Anderson, the third grade teacher, and Mrs. Watson, the lady from the church. It's got to be Mary and Sue. Mm -hmm. And when you get into those personal relationships, then all sorts of things come up. And so I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you how to do it, that if you get to know the needs of that particular school, then suddenly the opportunities come to serve. So let me give you some examples. We had a, uh, the Park Row School District has six total schools, three elementary schools, and in those schools, the superintendent told us they have 57 languages. And she told the pastors that we gathered when we had her group gather, says, you could do all sorts of grounds, maintenance, and stuff like that, but what I really need is I need an adult to come into my classroom one day a week to read to one kid mm. right. so that they can learn how to read and write in English. Right. Uh, we had a church uh, in, in Shaver Elementary School. They needed a teacher's lounge. Their teacher's lounge was an old closet that had been just destroyed. So Gateway Church went in over the summer, knocked down a few walls, and built a beautiful teacher's lounge for that group of teachers. There's uh, opportunities to serve in, in classrooms. Uh, Beaverton School had 33 kids in a kindergarten class with one teacher and no aid. And what that teacher wanted was a grandma type that would be able to come in and just sit in the classroom, right. just to be there. Just to so the needs are completely different, and you're never going to know what they are until you get to know the people on a personal basis. And so whether it's in the lunchroom or, or sending food home for kids on the weekend or sitting with them at lunchtime or on the playground or going to the PTA meeting or in the school play or there's several churches that put on back-to-school carnivals for, for schools, you know, it's whatever it is, find out what that particular school needs, what the families in those schools need, and see if there's a way that maybe you and your church could meet some of those needs not all of them but some of those needs yeah. because just as you said some of the families in that school are families in the church and sometimes it's a difficult thing to be a part of a church and go to your own church and say i need some help but sometimes when it comes through a little bit more of a back door a little bit more sideways people can accept the help a little and bit it, and if you help them and you're part of their life on a regular right. basis when right. life happens Mm -hmm. And things, they need someone or they need to talk to. Who are they going to talk to? Right. They're going to talk to those people who have been there and been a part of their lives and been serving. And that's the opportunity when we can truly share our faith. And if that brings us right back to the beginning of what we are talking about, that's really what it means to be a community. Exactly. We are talking in studio today with Larry Whittlesey, Executive Director of School Partnership Network. Uh, Larry, how can our listeners learn more? They can go to our website. It's www.cityservepdx.org slash schools. Okay. Or I found if you just Google School Partnership Network, that's one of the choices, and okay. you can uh, go from there. And there's and, great ideas on that website. Oh, yeah, great. Very good stuff. And we're going to have to carry over what we're talking about today. We just barely got started, but on part two, the second half of second half now, going to be on the podcast on our website so, uh, but that is the time we have for our on-air show for today. We want to encourage our listeners to tune in every Monday, 5.30 to 6 p.m. on KKPZ 1330, and then go to part two and hear the rest. Course available 24-7 right on our website, secondhalfnow.com. If you have questions about today's topic, want to get in touch with Larry or learn more about School Partnership Network, uh, just Google School Partnership Network and uh, we'll get there. So we got lots more to uh, talk about, and if you want to get a CD of this uh, show, 
Just call the radio station, 503-242-1950. I'm Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now. And uh, we want to thank Larry for being here today. And we're just going to carry over to the, uh, to the podcast. So uh, go on your uh, device, dial us up. We're there. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth. Sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. All right, we're back. This is part two of second half now and we are in the middle of a conversation with Larry Whittlesey on the topic of this title public schools and local churches the unlikely partnership I'm your host Dan Critchett along with our co-host Dr. Denise Hogan and uh, this portion is only available on our website as a podcast and can be found on uh, YouTube and iTunes and Google search and all that stuff based on the topics that we uh, talk about so public schools and local churches, the unlikely partnership. Larry Whittlesey is the executive director of the School Partnership Network. And again, Larry, I want to welcome you into the studio and thank you for coming. Thank you. My privilege. We're having a great conversation so far and we're going to get right back into it. We sure are. It's been really fun having Larry um, as our guest today. We're talking about this unlikely partnership between schools and churches and um, if you go to your webs- the website, and again, what's the best way to get there, Larry? It, it, cityservepdx.org slash schools. There you go. And the list of projects that have taken place between schools and churches, it, it just goes on and on. And I'm wondering, will you tell our audience a little bit about how this partnerships, partnership works and why it works. I think the, the, the way it works best is when a church decides that they're, they want to build a relationship and they'll take the initiative to meet the people. Uh, we have a great story out of the, one of the churches here in town. It was actually Portland First Nazarene. And they live, they, their church is right across the street from West and East Sylvan Middle School. Uh, but for years, the pastor had been there, several years, and honestly realized one day that he had never met the principal or anyone from the school. So sensing the need to do that, he walked across the street, introduced himself and said, hey, I'm pastor at, at the church right across the street. I don't know you. Let's go down the street to, to, to uh, Starbucks, have a cup of coffee and get acquainted. And out of that particular relationship now has developed a great partnership between that church and that school. And that really is kind of the model of how it works. Our pastor principal gatherings, that's kind of the main purpose. Can we introduce folks from the school to folks from the churches, especially the leaders of the school and the leaders of the churches, so that we might be able to build this process of building relationships. And that's the best way it works, is for people to get to know one another. 
all of a sudden I just had a flash f from a guest we had just recently, and I saw two tribes coming together, <laughs> shaking hands, you know, oh, yeah. thinking about yeah. our folks who have been missionaries mm -hmm. down in Ecuador and Peru, and the importance of the tribal leaders, and in a sense, that's what we're looking at here. We have, tr we have the leaders of a whole community of people and another leader of a whole community of people coming together and saying this is important for us to, to shake hands and work side by side. Right, and, and then to find out exactly what's going on at the school that the the tribe the church <laughs> might be able to address in one way or another right. and it's amazing when you get a heart of people like you have in most churches who want to serve and want to make a difference but oftentimes they just don't know what to do so finding out who the people are and having them tell you what they need makes all the difference in the world and how they can get involved and it's all based on relationship, isn't it? It's not, it's not just a system or uh, an order that you go through. Yeah, a lot of so. school partnerships uh, models around the country are all based on, on projects. And there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with projects like cleaning up the school grounds at the beginning of school or painting a room here or there or whatever. But one of, and we're not against that in any way. But what we really are trying to promote are these sustainable, ongoing, long-term relationships. Because as the principals change, as the teachers change, as the pastors change, if there's a true, sustainable, long-term relationship, then the continued partnership is there, and they can continue to be a part of that. So when the church adopts a particular school and maintains those relationships, you don't have to worry about teachers coming or going or principals changing or pastors changing. They're connected at the hip almost, mm. and they're a part of each other's lives. And that's really what we're trying to promote through this process. And, you know, I believe the timing is just right for this because our one of the things we're learning about our millennial generation is that they are craving relationship. They really mm. want to know that there are people out there that they can connect with, that they can build, that they can have mentoring relationships with, that they can look to to get some sense of how to navigate the adult world that's bearing down on them, telling them you need a job, you need to do this, you need to do that. Our younger, our younger children in the, in the schools, boy, if we start building those relationships when they're young and, and they're trustworthy, when they reach these ages where things start to get confusing, then we were there. They have what they need in terms of some folks who can help guide and navigate. That's one of the things I see in this that make it, make it just so important for us to be getting the word out there that any church can jump in and get involved in this. Yeah, not every church can do everything, and, and there's certainly a lot of models that are way above what a lot of the small churches can do. But every church can make a difference in one way or another. It might be just in one classroom. It might be just for one kid. Right. But the reality is, is that every church can have a mission field at the local school that's near them. They can find a way to reach that school in one capacity or another. And that's really what we're trying to challenge them to do. We're, we're supposed to be salt and light in the community. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the two hubs of almost any community are the schools and the churches. That's right. So it seems like the churches ought to be a salt in their school in one way or another. Mm -hmm. and, and we're trying to help them find ways to do that. And I'm liking this one way or another emphasis because there's, there's 
plenty of communities where any financial hardships that are being experienced by the families in the school are being experienced by those families in the church as well. And so what we can grab onto here is that financial resources are not the only thing that we're talking about. What was really valuable to the students at Roosevelt were all the people in the stands. Shoot, you're going to go watch a game. Yeah. What's that cost you? So, Larry, help us understand a little bit more about the, um, how do I want to say, the fruit of, so if if people at the church, you know, they, they, they go to their worship services and their Bible studies and they know that they are, their calling is to be salt and light. And they know that it means more than just pulling a few weeds at the local school, you know, garden area. So how, how does it integrate so there really is some life impact that is at least available? I know it has to be done carefully and discreetly and so forth, but how can there be a life connection through this, this model so that some of what the church has to offer in terms of its spiritual uh, basis can be made available to the community through the churches, I mean the schools. Yeah, and and most churches, most Christians uh, understand the need to go and tell and and to share their faith, and that's one of the things that motivates them. Um, But oftentimes, I I was a pastor for many, many years, and oftentimes they don't understand that you have to build a relationship with the people to have that right to be Mm -hmm. heard. Mm -hmm. And so what we're trying to do is to provide an opportunity for them to build some of those bridges because those opportunities God is going to open up. He's going to open up as they get to know us, as they as they understand right. who we are. Right. They're no, they're going to know that you're from that church that's always at the school, and and as life happens to folks, they want to talk to people who have some answers, who have some mm-hmm. faith background, mm-hmm. and they're going to go to those folks that they know and trust to get some of those answers. And so that's the payoff, I think, for the churches, if there is such a thing as a payoff in all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can serve just because God told us to go out and serve. But one of the fruits that we get to enjoy is we get to see the impact in people's lives as we have those opportunities to speak into them about our own personal faith and tell our own story and to be able to talk to people about how, why we're there. Mm-hmm. Why are we serving here? That question will be asked. Why does, why does that group keep showing up? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because we can share that God's love in us for them. Uh, and we have those opportunities. And so that's that's kind of the motivation. That's how it works. If I was a, a, a pastoring a church that wanted to adopt a particular school and hadn't done it yet, that's one of the motivations I would tell them. It says, friends, this is an opportunity for us to touch lives, much like Jesus touched many, many lives of those who never ended up following him. Mm-hmm. But he touched their lives anyway. He fed the crowd of 5,000 who may have never responded right. to his message, but he still met a need in their lives. Mm-hmm. And they they never forgot that. That's right. You know, and I'm thinking about that not forgetting part. And and as one who grew up outside of organized Christian religion um, or the Christian church, I heard a lot and had that notion of Christians as being hypocrites. That just gets tossed around a lot. And it's going to be pretty hard for children growing up in a community where the church people those people that 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 do that church thing over there those hypocrites are always showing Mm -hmm. up and providing shoes to someone who needed them or sitting there 
listening to me read and, and all of those things, at least, at the very least, what we have is, well, maybe some of those churches out there are like that, but not this one. Not this one I grew up around. Those people weren't like that at right. all. And I think that they will not forget that, and it will serve to buffer against all kinds of anti-Christian sentiments that we can come up against. And I think if I was pastoring a church that uh, had this interest, I mean, even if I need to persuade them that way or to introduce the opportunity, I would want to be thinking, how could we adjust our programming? How could we adjust what it is that we offer to families that we ordinarily think, well, to the families of the church, but we can broaden that out to include thinking about the families of the schools, as an example. And I wanna ask Larry if, if you find this happening. So if we're gonna do practical life issues, if we're gonna do divorce recovery, if we're gonna do marriage enrichment, if we're gonna do, have a youth program, if we're gonna, you know, financial, you know, home finances and stuff like that, do you find that some of the churches are able to sort of reach out and, and include or welcome or invite the families of the, of the schools also to, to come and benefit by those kind of things? Yeah, there's different, there's different uh, responses to that question. There, there are some that can do that overtly and just advertise this class and the, and the school is very welcoming for them to do that. Mm -hmm. Other times that has to, again, come back out of the relationship. And so it's folks that they're connected with that they can invite. And it's really going to be dependent on the on, on what that relationship is between that church and that mm -hmm. school at that point. I think you can earn the place where you have the right to do those things, mm -hmm. and they certainly can. But you know, the 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 church deciding what to do, uh, if you figure out what the needs are in that particular school, there's opportunities for individuals to get involved that can impact a life that may not be some official program. For instance, mm -hmm. one of my favorite stories is of a of a pastor right here in the local area. Who, who began going to lunch one day a week to sit down with a little boy who didn't have a father and needed the, the school counselor has suggested this, this boy just needed a male influence. And so every Wednesday he goes and has lunch with this little boy. Started when he was in second grade, he graduated this year. Mm. He's been having lunch with him for 10 years. And when wow. he goes to have lunch with him, it's not just him. Now it's him and all of his buddies right. who have come, and, and he has been adopted as part of that family. Mm -hmm. uh, and that you can imagine that that pastor, and even though this is a pastor, doesn't have to be a pastor, but that lunch buddy pastor has had a tremendous impact on the life of that young man and his friends. And when he walks into the school, everybody knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And anybody can do that. We all have to eat right. lunch. Mm -hmm. And so why not have lunch with a kid who's troubled and, and sit down with them and, and, and let Christ love them through you? There's so many simple things like that that can be done before and after school and during school mm -hmm. that we can go into a classroom or on a playground or in a library or in a lunchroom or sending food home with a hungry kid for the weekend that we can impact their lives as individuals, mm -hmm. and even more so if the church can organize and say, let's do this together right. and impact as many lives as we can. So it's really a, a little mission field sitting right there in front of us that we choose how we want to interact yeah. with it. I like what you're saying, that there are so many different ways that the church can provide service uh, to the families of the school. 
And uh, I think I'd made note that you have uh, on your website something called 100 Ideas or something like that. Because I think a lot of people might say, well, gosh, you know, if we're not going to go to the basketball games or not going to, you know, read to us, you know, what, what else is there? Some ideas, some thought starters. You know, it's funny. We do have the uh, uh, article like that on our, our website along with some documents. One's called How to Get Started. Another mm-hmm. one is called What is a Partner? And there's other resources on this website. Mm-hmm. And we also send out a newsletter every other month or so where the only purpose of the newsletter is just to tell stories. Mm. This is what one church is doing to serve one school so that when someone reads that newsletter, they go, oh, we could do that. Right. And the ideas that come up, I would have never thought of half of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that list of whatever it is now, 100 and something ideas, there's probably three times that many that we could probably put down on paper now because people keep coming up with new ways to impact the life of their school that I, Rossley, would have never thought of, but you probably would never think of them unless you were in that situation and you knew those people. Right. You know, I, I, one of my favorite stories that I've told you, Dan, before is, is about the second grade teacher who had three kids who needed shoes. You know, and, and normally, what do you do? But she had a relationship with a local church woman and and she's the one who provided the shoes for those three students in her classroom. So it's there's a million ways to do exactly. it. Exactly. And this whole enterprise or initiative has gotten some attention all across the country. And I want to ask uh, and have you answer some about that right after our break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. 
It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. We want to give a big thank you to our sponsors and to our partners. You've heard the spots for Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. We also want to mention 24-7 Properties, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial, Dream Trips, 180 Cash Flow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company, and also our great partners, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this radio station, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors. We're going to get right back to our conversation with Larry Whittlesey, the Executive Director of School Partnership Network. And uh, Larry, we were talking about what uh, great impact is having with 300 and some schools having been adopted by local churches and all the great things that are happening. And uh, I also know that uh, ears are being perked up from around the country. Tell us about the interest that you're hearing from around the nation. Well, we all know that uh, Portland is not known for being, you know, in the Bible Belt. Uh, we are known as one of the more liberal bastions in the country. And so with all of the different things that we have legalized, uh, people around the country look at Portland as, as kind of a no man's land. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, that this movement kind of started and has really grown dramatically in the city of Portland has certainly created a lot of interest. Kevin Palau travels extensively as part of the Palau Association, and he tells the Portland story, which started kind of with his relationship with our former mayor, Sam Adams, and the unlikely partnerships of, of the church community working with a, a openly gay mayor and how do we serve the city together. And that led to part of the school partnership stuff and this unlikely stuff that's been going on. So we have, we've gained a lot of notoriety. And there are other models around the country that do things a little differently. Some are modeling themselves after what we've done here. Some are taking a different track. But the reality is, is the Portland story always does create quite a stir in these movements, especially the citywide movements of different cities around the country that want to see something happen. Mm -hmm. They are very intrigued by that. In fact, Kevin, actually, if I plug his book, just wrote a new book called Unlikely, uh, that talks about how that has captured the attention of so many folks around the country. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is to steward the incredible resources that God has given us and this story and finding ways to capture some of the things that are translatable, something that can be you know, emulated in another city. Right. Our principal and pastor gatherings are one of those things. It's a very simple model. It's got a simple outline. It's, 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 an, it's a very replicable. And so we're trying to find ways to take pieces like that and say, here, here's how we did it in Portland. We think you could do that in your city and try to do the same thing and create some of your own momentum doing some of the things that we've been able to do here. And you have that piece on your website called uh, How to Get Started. Right. And so someone could look at that and say, well, these are some simple steps. I mean, it is a very simple model. When I went to that meeting uh, a, a few weeks ago and sat at that Madison High School table where the principal and other principals, you know, the Madison High School principal and some other principals and pastors there, I mean, it was not complicated. It was like there were a few simple questions that uh, created the dialogue at the table. And it was nothing complicated. Uh, it wasn't engineered. It was just very, it seemed very natural. In fact, we have a document that actually outlines how to do that entire meeting, how, yeah. to, how to publicize it, what the invitations look like, 
um, what you have to do with it, who you need to get there. We have a so they can completely do that. Mm-hmm. And we just filmed the entire thing so that we can send a video of that meeting you were at, actually, a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah. That we're, that's going to be an example video for others to watch. Yeah. There you go, Dan. Yeah. I have a, I have a question I want to make sure we slip in here in our remaining time. As a psychologist, we're, we're very concerned when we build a relationship with somebody that we take care of that relationship and we don't abandon this person we've created a relationship with. And I'm wondering, with um, our kids in schools, that's going to be pretty important too. If we're establishing a relationship with a school and teachers come and go, how do you sustain that relationship so that there's no feelings of we've been abandoned? Well, that, as you know, the key word for us is sustainable relationships. And so we try to tell the churches from the very start, one of the best practices they can put into place is to, 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 to under-promise and over-deliver. So don't say you're going to do something that you can't do. That's great. And so we want them to make a long-term commitment. So if you said you're going to be there on Fridays to read to kids, then you're there on Thursdays and Fridays to read the kids. Look at that, right. And you, you, you go beyond the call of duty to mm-hmm. show those folks, especially those kids and those teachers, that you really mean what you said and that you're going to follow mm-hmm. through with that. So that's one of the principles that we try to teach folks as they adopt this model. And, and we again, we stress that it really is about the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, what can we do to impact their lives in a positive way and their families so that their families right. look at the church's involvement and say, I don't know who those people are, but I like them. That's right. I like the fact that they care for my kids That's right. and they care for my kids school that's the reaction we want to create in that community and that's how you build trust in that church school relationship that is mm-hmm. as you said at the beginning of our program today that can be such a difficult divide and here what you're talking about is by just staying committed to that relationship with that ch- with that school you can break down that barrier and build a sustainable long-term relationship that serves not only the children, but the parents and families in a community. What more could you want? Yeah, earning the trust and then maintaining that trust by how you live out what it is that you said that you would do. And if it stays at a project level, that'll never happen. Yeah. If you become to know the people, if you know the people, and you know the teachers, and you know the kids, and you know the principals, and you're there year in and year out, mm-hmm. and, you know, week in and week out. Mm-hmm. That keeps you there because now mm-hmm. these are part of your family. Right. They're not just that school down the street. That wow. we are, we then become a people as opposed to individuals doing a, doing a good deed for the day. Yeah, or being at such a distance, you know, and, and the, where the line of church and state is here, and we're off in our corners, like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, Larry. But now we are close to the line, and we're actually building relationships and getting to know and appreciate and love each other uh, across that, across that, that invisible <laughs> barrier. A couple things as we wind down here, Larry. I want to ask... Um, if there is a pastor or uh, a church member that's listening that's saying, you know, I really like this idea, um, what, do I, what do I do? How do I get started? Or, and we've already mentioned a little bit. Let's keep, keep it now, now focused. So somebody says, I want to know more. This is something that my church, our church, might be interested in doing. 
what should they do? They, they certainly can contact us, and we'll be glad to try to connect them and find ways to help them get started. But real honestly, the, the simple answer to that question, Dan, it's so simple that people just look right past it, mm-hmm. is to walk across the street and say, hi, my yeah. name is. Yeah. And introduce yourselves to the folks and say, what can I do to serve you? What yeah. do you need? And is there any way possible I can do something that can meet a need that you simply can't meet any other mm-hmm. way. Uh, and when the churches are willing to do that, they're going to be shocked by how open and honest the schools are saying, I've got a list here. Which of these right. can you do? <laughs> wow. Because the schools okay. are looking for folks mm-hmm. who can understand that mm-hmm. there is a whole list of stuff that they just can't do. I think the, that whole process is sort of legitimized by the principal having attended one of these meetings. Right. Because then they know more. He or she knows more about what could be done or how it works or, you know, kind of lower the uh, the barriers and, you know, the resistance and so forth. And that kind of makes it, okay, well, uh, when that pastor comes over, I'm going to be ready. Or maybe, does the church ever reach out? I mean, does the principal ever reach out to the pastor? Oh, very much so. Really? There's, there's okay. principals that reach out. And we're also developing right now just kind of a, a little training seminar that we hope to have available mm-hmm. that can help people walk through some of those process yeah. steps and say, you know, we can help you build that relationship that you're trying to build. And here's some tools that you can use to do that. I think that's very important. Is that the 2.0 that you were talking right. about? Right. It's, it's kind of a 2.0 okay. from our pastors and principals gathering. Yeah. We need to have the leaders on board. Right. But then we need to have the folks that they lead on board. And that's, that's right. the, the people from the church and the teachers and the staff and the parents. And we need to bring them together around some common agreements on how we can do this Mm -hmm. together so that's what we're developing right now well and that is so important because if we take it back to our beginning story 1500 people showed up there at roosevelt high school and that was what communicated the need for something more than a one-time project you need the people There are some amazing things happening with School Partnership Network, and we are in studio here talking with Larry Whittlesey, the Executive Director of School Partnership Network, and the title of our show has been Public Schools and Local Churches, the Unlikely Partnership. Thank you again, Larry, so much for coming in, and uh, there's more for us to learn, and uh, I know you have another hat that you wear uh, (laughs) with the YMCA, and I think we would really like to hear about that another time. Can you come in again? Sure, I'd be glad to. Good. Anytime you're in town, which I know you are on the road a lot. But, uh, folks, that is our program for today. We want to invite you to tune in and hear the on-air portion of all of our shows. They come on KKPZ at 5.30 p.m. every Monday. And then, of course, go to the website here, the whole show, and that's available 24-7. And uh, you can call the radio station and request a free CD of this show or any of our shows at 503-242-1950. And uh, there's lots of information, bells and whistles and uh, podcasts and uh, all of the uh, show archives and everything else on our website, secondhalfnow.com. And that is the radio show. We are a radio show for boomers and beyonders, tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with co-host Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now and until next time. May God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on our website or live next Monday, 5.30, and actually replayed at, uh, let's see, 8 o'clock on Saturdays. On the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth.
Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.